Hey, you found us. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast. I'm Ben Glickson with my tag team partner, Matt Story, and it is the Chip Diller Memorial Remain Calm All Is Well episode. Uh, Yeah, yeah, I think I know where you're going with that. uh, There was a story in Yahoo Sports that got picked up around the country uh, from national media outlets. It was on the front page of ESPN.com as one of their lead stories that Bobby Hurley and Ray Anderson were having problems related to the uh, team booster and supporter of ASU Athletics who'd been accused of groping a number of different uh, women, including Bobby Hurley's wife, during a game. And it caused a flurry of stories and a flurry of coverage. And then this morning or late last night, there was a one-paragraph statement from Bobby Hurley saying, everything's fine with him and Ray. Yeah, which felt very Chip Diller. Uh, It it, it certainly did. Um, Yeah, you know, I I almost even used that. I think I texted my dad about it because he he texted me about, did I see the story? And and I I sent him, you know, back and I said, well, Bobby Hurley put out a statement that all is well now. And I even thought, sort of, you know, sort of Kevin Bacon in Animal House. Um, So, yeah, we're on the same page there. This is bad. It's not good. And, 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 and at it, best, it remains it's an to be seen how bad it is, but yeah. it's definitely not good. Yeah. Well, at yeah. best, it's embarrassing for the university yeah. and, and yeah. for the athletic program. And at worst, it's, you know, jobs will be lost and yeah, you know, people yeah. will be... Or, or left. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, what it makes you wonder, and we'll never know the answer, was had this been a normal college basketball end of season and off season, would Bobby Hurley have looked for another job? You know, I mean, you you know, you can't help but think that. Now, this was not the off season to be job shopping, because there weren't jobs open. You know, I, I mean, most I think Wake Forest was the only power conference school that changed coaches, um, and they did it very late in the process, getting rid of Danny Manning. You know, and so this was not the time to be looking for you know greener pastures because there weren't greener pastures available. But you do wonder if he might have been, and you'll wonder, you know, play it out twelve months from now or 10 months from now when the, when the season ends, whatever time that is, will he be, you know, I mean, he says all is well now, but if you've lost trust in your boss uh, and you have opportunities to go elsewhere and he probably will because of his reputation and, you know, position in the basketball community, do you want to stay in that place? Yeah, it's certainly interesting. And then the flip side, which you and I texted about briefly is, if you are Michael Crow, because I think it would initially be up to him. At this time, it probably is. Yeah. Would you Would you pick Ray Anderson over Bobby Hurley? If Bobby Hurley came to you and said me or him, and you know Ray's responsible for Herm Edwards, exactly. You know that's the that's the money. There is is you built the football program, which is still your jewel. Yes, basketball has had a little resurgence and attendance has been up and there's excitement about Josh Christopher and all that, but football is still the number one thing at ASU. It's not it's not quite Alabama level where where football dominates, but it's it's still the number one sport. Um, do you wanna, you know, throw away the momentum that you seem to be building in football? Because you might be. You might not be just choosing Ray Anderson or Bobby Hurley. You may be choosing Ray Anderson slash Herm Edwards slash Herm Edwards staff or Bobby Hurley. Mm-hmm. And that makes it a tougher choice, I think. 
Yeah. Now, as Herm, a fan, it certainly does. Yeah. Let's say that. I mean, we're not the ones making the decision, but if you ask me, that's a that's a tougher call. Yeah. Well, and Herm has said this is the last job, but Herm's in a position right. in his life where it it can be his last job if he wants it to be. He didn't need this job. Exactly. And yeah. he came here, and he's been very outspoken. He came here to work for Ray Anderson, so I highly doubt that he would want to work for a new boss. This doesn't seem likely because because you're right. He doesn't he doesn't need this job. He's already established as a coach. He could go back on TV tomorrow if he wanted to. ESPN would jump at the chance to rehire him, and he could you know he could play a bargaining game with them and Fox and NFL Network, and you know he'd have an opportunity to, to go on TV and talk about football. So yeah, I mean he he doesn't need this job, and and I'm not I'm not at all saying that Herm Edwards is is you know Nick Saban. And that, oh my God, we can't let him get away. But we don't yet know what's going to come of Herm Edwards. We think good things, and I'd like to see it through to see if those good things can come. It, you know, it'd be it'd be disappointing as a fan to you know have that come to a premature end and always play the game of like, mm, would that have worked out if we stuck with it? I don't know. Certainly, you want to have this all truly be over. Sure, and sure. On the surface. Everything is fine now. Everybody's good. Yeah. It's just yeah. one of those things where, you know, with the ASU athletic department, it always feels like when you get one of these seismic moves and then everything feels okay, Todd Graham gets fired the next year. You know, <laughs> like, yeah. like we have yeah. this big thing and then everyone survives. And then a year later you realize, oh, the foundation was destroyed. Like, right, right. Know, and and I think that's possible. I mean, again, I, if 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 you're Bobby Hurley and you're playing the long game, um, you might be thinking, hey, you know, I got what should be a pretty good roster next year. Um, can I bite the bullet and work for this guy who I don't trust anymore for you know another ten months and hopefully have my best season yet, and then be an attractive candidate when. There might be a bevy of job openings next year because, you know, if, if indeed, you know, teams were hesitant to make changes this year and you have a season next year that, you know, hopefully resembles something close to normal, uh, you're going to have teams that don't make the tournament. You're going to have teams that underachieve and they're going to be more willing to make changes probably. Um, and so you, you think there will certainly be more opportunities in 2021 than there were this year, which was almost zero. Now, overall, I think that the basketball program, as a program, is in fine shape. But but one of the other pieces of this that you raised in a text that I think is worth sort of exploring is there was a, a sort of unexplained swoon yeah. in December that <laughs> yeah. corresponded with this timeline. And you wonder, is it the team senses the issues? Is it that there's you know, a split focus in the coaching staff because they're trying to yeah. deal with this. Um, yeah. And, and I think it's very possible. I mean, I, you know, we, we tend to, as fans, we oftentimes, you know, look at these teams that we like or teams that we don't like or whatever. And, and, you know, we do see them as robots in some ways, you know, they're, they're, I mean, I, you know, I want to go too far with this, but you know, like we see them as, we don't necessarily look at them as people. You know, we look at them as, hey, go out and give us a good product. Well, you know, I mean, if you're the head coach of a basketball program and you think that, you know, that your boss doesn't have your back 
and not only doesn't have your back, but that you're, you know, you potentially your wife's safety is, is in jeopardy because your boss doesn't have your back. It's got to divide your attention. It just has to, I mean, it's human nature. And, and so I don't know. I mean, would that have happened anyway? You know, we got, we got throttled by St. Mary's there in mid December. And then we lost to Creighton who turned out to be a really, really good team. We didn't think so at the time, but they, they did. Um, you know, so maybe we would have lost those games anyway, but you look at that and you think, huh, something seemed a little off with the program in December and early January. Then we got it right. Was, was there, you know, was there just a resolution? Was, was it just Hurley thinking, Hey, okay, I got to snap out of this. I got to get this team in the right track. Or was it nothing to do with that at all? We'll never know. I mean, you know, but, but I think it's definitely in play that, that, that played a role. That was my first thought when I saw the date. I thought, okay, what, what happened with this team around that time? And I remember the St. Mary's debacle and then the loss to Creighton and then the bad start to conference play. And I'm like, you know, that comes right on the heels of all of this. Yeah. It is certainly interesting. And, uh, you know, right now, everyone at their word, it's over. And, you know, yeah. like, like we yeah. said, you're going to have to wait and see moving forward. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, you know, I was thinking about last night, you know, but you can you can work for a boss. I, I did it. You can work for a boss who you have no respect for for years. You just bite the bullet and do it. I did it at my previous job. Um, but I didn't have the opportunities to leave that Bobby Hurley probably will. It's a different conversation. Um, and so, you know... If he still feels any way this way, and it's hard to believe that he put those you know words into into motion and now doesn't feel that way at all. It's hard to believe that. Um, so you know, it just it just feels like eventually that that choice will have to be made. Bobby Hurley or Ray Anderson, probably not there now, uh, and maybe there can be enough water under the bridge that that choice doesn't have to be made. But eventually, it might. You know now. You, you pose the scenario. If, if Bobby Hurley were to go to Michael Crow and say, it's him or me, I don't think Bobby Hurley carries that weight right now. But if he has a great season this year, uh, you know, as some people think is possible, maybe he will carry that weight. You know, maybe it'll be, wow, we've got to keep this guy no matter what. Right now, I think, you, you know, the choice would probably be, okay, thanks for the years, and, you know, I've committed to Ray Anderson, and, and you know, he's the guy I hired directly, and if you don't like working for him, tough luck, you know, see you later. Yeah, I I think it's an interesting question, because it, it seems like, you know, the best case scenario is it's true and they get along, but... Yeah, nothing is yeah. more important to Bobby Hurley than his family, and I think that when when this directly invoked his family, yeah, uh, it's, yeah, it, I, I have a hard, I'm hard pressed to think that six months later it's all good. It's just forgotten. Yeah, so I agree. It, uh, I agree. So if we're not all good, then there are two options: one, you have to separate, and two, you have your own separate little fiefdoms and yeah. you just have someone else in the athletic department is, is the guy for Bobby Hurley. And, yeah. You know, publicly you say the right things and you do the right things, but you just don't, they just don't have to interact. Uh, and, and that may be, and uh, you know, Haller's column kind of touched on that a little bit and, and we don't know what the dynamics are now that, you know, his guy was Dave Cohen, the guy who kind of triggered this whole thing, you know, with, 
the, the news at least, I shouldn't say triggered the whole thing, but the news of it back in January or February, whenever that was, um, that, you know, he had been let go and he was preparing to file a, you know, wrongful termination suit. Um, that was Hurley's guy. They kind of worked hand in hand. Now he's not there. So, you know, that, that's another point that Haller made is, you know, does he have an ally? Does he have a guy he can go to if he doesn't trust Ray Anderson? And it certainly seemed from the words of that email that that trust wasn't strong if it was there at all. Is there somebody else in the athletic department that, you know, he feels like, okay, this is, this is the guy I can go to if I need something, if I need somebody to step up on my behalf, we don't know. Um, but uh, you know, if he doesn't have that, then it seems like he's not long for ASU because any coach is going to want that. You know, you're not going to want to feel like you're out on your own Island. Yeah. The flip side of this, I guess we're, we're acting con, you know, on the constant assumption that this is not true, that they are, that there is still a beef there. And if there isn't, that's right. great. but, but on the assumption that yeah. there is still a beef there, Herm is older. Ray Anderson's older. True. If you're Michael Crow, who is also old but shows no sign of slowing down with right, his media right. blitz during the pandemic and yeah, you know, full throated support of Larry Scott, um, <laughs> we, yeah. you know, we're thinking, what if we just can kick the can down the road for a season or two, and then yeah, you know, and then maybe the problem just solves itself because yeah, you know, yeah. You you get to the you get the sense that Jaden Daniels is Herm Edwards' project, and Herm Edwards yeah. will be here through the end of Jaden Daniels' career. Mm-hmm. And the question to me is, what do you think happens at the end of the twenty twenty one season? Yeah, if Daniels yeah. goes pro, or twenty twenty two if he stays all four years. Good point. That, yeah. that to me seems like a natural stepping off path. For her, yeah, if you want, yeah, to. and and it could be, yeah. I mean, that's that's a good point in a, in a way. I mean, and, and you're right. I mean, going back to how you started that, you are, we are we are presuming a lot. We are, you know, I think we are just describing our own emotions and thoughts and what most people would is that uh, this really hasn't been solved. Maybe it has. Maybe they've had a you know a series of meetings and conversations, and they're back on the same page, and they're ready to lock arm in arm, and you know go skipping down the path together. I don't know. But if they're not, and, you know, could could it be sort of a, you know, wink, nod, sort of like, hey, just hang in with us. We'll take care of you. Ray Anderson's not going to be here more than a couple more years anyway. Maybe he's, you know, I mean, you're right. He's an older guy. Herm's an older guy. They may not necessarily want to be in their jobs for another five to ten years. We don't think so. We certainly don't think so with Herm. And so, you know, like maybe it's like, hey, you know, we're going to see this through. We're going to get this football program to the mountaintop. Hopefully you don't know that, but hopefully, and then they're going to hand off the baton to their successors. And, you know, you'll be the guy around here. You'll get whatever you want once that point comes. And maybe, you know, that, that would be great if it works out that way. Yeah. I, I just, and we've talked about this before. I don't see Herm being Bill Snyder. I don't see him, I don't either. you know, roaming the sidelines in his late seventies. I don't either. I don't either. I think I think Herm is either going to have you know the, the the big success that that everybody hopes in the next couple of years, and then say, okay, it's time for me to hand the hand the program over to Antonio Pierce or whoever it may be, 
Um, it seems like he's the guy that Herm thinks is the heir apparent now, now that Danny Gonzalez is gone. Um, or he's going to be, you know, the program is not going to get to those heights and he's going to say, well, I gave it my best shot. Didn't work out back to Bristol for me, uh, or wherever, mm-hmm. you know, I just, it doesn't, I mean, I, you know, I'm not criticizing his work ethic. Seems like he's gone all in on this, but I don't think it's a, 10-year job for him i think it's a hey let's make it work and if it works great i'm out and if it doesn't work eh, that sucks i'm out yeah yeah and i think you know if daniel stays for two more seasons that's four years of herm yeah it's one full and i think cycle. that's what we were realistically looking at when yeah. we got Herm. we thought you know can it can it be accomplished in four to five years and we're we're two years in and Things seem to be on a pretty good track, but you know it's like okay, now's the now's the time to push the pedal down and make it happen because this isn't a long term rebuild project. It was never supposed to be. You know, his his guy Ray Anderson told us that. Yeah, we were promised quick turnaround. Yes, yes. So yeah, I, I agree. I don't I don't see uh, you know it's interesting because you know sometimes Herm will will do interviews. I know in that I think it was the HBO show he talked about you know. Uh, you know, I don't feel like I'm slowing down at all. And I feel like I got the same energy I did 10 years ago. And maybe that's true. Maybe it's not. I think a lot of people fool themselves into thinking that way as they get older. I feel just like I did 10 years ago. Like, yeah, do you? Um, but, you know, maybe it's true. But I still don't see him being, especially for somebody who is out of coaching for as long as he was, I don't see him being a lifer. Bill Snyder is a good example to use because, I mean, Bill Snyder was out of coaching for, what, two years? And then he got right back into it. You could tell he he needed that. That was his lifeblood. I don't think that's the case for her. Yeah. Um, pulling back out to a, a broader sports picture, Matt, the uh, Phil Tiger match. Yeah. Did, did you watch it? it? Oh, I watched it. Yeah, I definitely watched it, enjoyed it. Um, it involves your uh, favorite and least favorite athletes on your list. It of does. Favorite it and does. Least favorite yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And, and it was, you know, what was fun about it was it was the first time in probably, I mean, le- legitimately two plus months that I watched a sporting event and really wasn't, you know, and I knew there was nothing on the line. I mean, it's an exhibition, but I felt a little nerves. I felt a little like, you know, okay, I want this to go the way I want. And that, that adrenaline rush that you get uh, watching a sporting event that you don't know the outcome. Because I've watched a ton of games that I know the outcome, and that's fun. But there's something different about, you know, like watching and thinking, is this going to go the way I want or am I going to be upset? I missed that. So that that was fun. Um, you know, it was. I thought it was well put on. I, I do think that, you know, as we tend to always do, we're, we're all like, you know, five-year-old kids in some ways, you know, we do something, it's fun. And it's like, let's do it again. Like it's, it, this was a, this was a once in a lifetime sort of situation where we were all desperate for something and it caught people's attention. Like, you know, like if we do it again next year on Memorial day, is it likely to have the same impact? I don't think anywhere close, um, you know, but it was fun for the moment and it, it was enjoyable. A couple things to me about it. Um, markedly better production, and I didn't watch hardly any of it, but markedly yeah. better production than the horse effort. Um, it seems like we're trying to, a- and doing a good job of figuring out what does and doesn't work now. Yes, yes, um, agreed. 
Agreed. Yeah. 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 I mean, you know, it was, it was well done. Yeah. In that standpoint. And, And I think that the other thing about events like this is it does give you something. You know, it's not a full-on tournament. We didn't have the Masters, you know, but you got something. You got to watch two really good golfers and two really competitive amateurs. Yeah, who who were, you know, well, Brady started out horribly, uh, Mm -hmm. but then, you know, played okay. And and Peyton Manning, not bad. Like, well, you could tell he spent a lot of his last four years playing golf. He he had some good shots. Uh, You know, like, I I was stunned by how he held up and you know, he, he's, he's a solid player. Um, and Brady ended up pretty solid at the end, you know? So yeah, you know, you could, you can see like, there's the difference between a pro and a pretty good amateur, uh, is that they have good shots and it's like, Oh, that's a great shot. And these other guys like, you know, that's their expectation. Um, but yeah, it was, I mean, it was just fun. It was fun. Um, you know, apparently their original contract calls for three of these at least, and so they're probably likely to do another one at some point in some capacity. Uh, but, you know, I, I read yesterday, you know, Phil Mickelson wants to make it an annual thing. Well, one, of course, Phil Mickelson wants to make it an annual thing. He's turning 50. His relevance as a PGA Tour player is waning. This is a way to keep the Phil Mickelson brand strong for another few years. But I like, you know, let, let's realize when we've had enough of a good thing. And this, this to me was a perfect example of enough of a good thing. It was great. It was enjoyable. Do we need to beat the dead horse and have it five years in a row? I don't think so. Yeah. Because, again, it's going to be different when, you know, know, what the NBA and the NHL do with their calendars in the future, I don't know. But let's theoretically say they go back to normal. You know, Memorial Day weekend is going to be NBA playoffs, Stanley Cup playoffs, baseball. Uh, There's not going to be the ravenous appetite for, oh, let's watch this exhibition golf match that there was this time around. Yeah. Um, speaking of the NHL and their schedule, how do you feel about this 24-team playoff? Uh, you know, I don't mind it. Um, uh, one thing I'll, I'll, I'll say, regardless of what I think about the actual plan, is I'm glad they have a plan. Uh, I'm, I'm frustrated by the NBA's unwillingness to just make a plan and stick with it. Like, uh, I'm, I'm so tired of hearing about, you know, every day it's like there's some new idea for how they might come back, like, Make a plan and stick with it. We've had two and a half months to think about this. What are we waiting for? Just choose what you're going to do. You're going to bring 20 teams, 30 teams, 16 teams, two teams. I don't care. Just make a plan and do it. Yeah, the the thing for me, and I don't want to turn this into a debate, neither of us are epidemiologists, but, it, but we appear to have moved past any, like baseball is talking about the health effects moving forward. Right. Right. You know, football is pretending nothing's happening. But the NBA seems to have accepted, okay, here, we're going to do this. We yes. understand the health effects. And that, to me, is why I think your point's very strong, which is if you've already moved past the question of whether it's safe to do it and you've decided mm-hmm. you are going to do it, mm-hmm. then you need to just figure out how you're going to do it. Get on with it. And, yeah. And, and yeah. if the answer is you're not sure you can safely do it and you just don't want to say that, that's not an answer. Right. You know. Right. No, I, I agree. I, I think there is as much as Adam Silver has said publicly, you know, we were the first to shut down. We'd love to be the first to come back. I don't think he wants to be the first to come back. I think he wants somebody else to take the lead. Uh, and, and maybe the NHL doing this will help. I don't know. 
Um, I think there's some hesitancy on his part to be the first to come back. Uh, you know, and, and I mean, I read yesterday and I don't know if this even, you know, the NWSL is coming back at the end of June, the, the yeah, women's soccer, soccer league. league. Yeah. Uh, I, if you had asked me prior to yesterday, would, you know, would the NWSL beat back the NBA or the NHL? I'd say no chance, but I guess I would have been wrong. Uh, so it's like, let's, and I knew, I realized the NHL has some complications and the NBA still to some extent of getting people back in the country. You know, the NHL, I think they said 17% of their active players are from outside of North America. So you gotta, you gotta take some time. You gotta get people back and uh, okay, I'll, I'll get that. And the NBA has a little bit of that too. Well, and the other but, thing about the NWSL that I don't know is I'm not, I don't know if they have an international team the way both I don't know if they do basketball they may and not. hockey. They have. may not. Yeah. So, I mean, there are different complicating factors. I get that, but I, I'm sort of like, you know, okay, if we're, if we're operating and seems like we are, we are operating on the presumption that the football season is going to start on time. And so I do not understand, to be honest, the NBA's willingness to like, ah, we'll start late July, early August, because that's going to put your conference finals and your NBA finals right up against football, which is exactly what they don't want to do. So it's almost like they're just sacrificing the, you know, this one for next time around so that then they can start in December and say, well, see what a nightmare it was to go up against football. Now we won't do that ever again. Yeah. And, and as I say that out loud, I'm thinking maybe that's exactly the idea. Like, you know, well, we'll, we'll show you why it's bad to go against football. We'll put our NBA finals against football and it'll have bad ratings because people watch football instead. And we'll say, see, this is why we got to go December to, to August from now on. Yeah, that's probably true. I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, I mean, regardless, like, you know, the whole like, OK, what are the medical things? And those things change. I get it. You know, you don't know what things are going to be in July, but make a plan and stick with it for me. Like, you know, are we going to bring back 20 teams? Just say so. Say so. Stop with the ruminating about it. Just say, here's what we're going to do when we come back. That's what the NHL did. And and so that's where I started this. Like, is it a little weird? Yeah. Is it going to be a little confusing to follow? Yeah. But I, I admire the fact that it said, here's what we're going to do. No more ruminating about how many teams we're going to bring back or what the format. This is the format. True. That's true. Gary Bettman did take a stand, and people he did. Noticed. He did, yeah, which is, which is uh, you know, yeah. I, I mean, I didn't, didn't – now, now, the NHL probably benefits a little that they weren't as talked about as the NBA. So there wasn't the, the constant media rumination of what could – you know. But I'll give them this. A week or so ago, this plan came out. They, the Players Association said thumbs up, and they announced it. There was not a lot of, you know, like, oh, they could do this, oh, they could do that. Oh, they could. It was just like, here's the plan, boom, we're going with it. Yeah. I did see uh, Damian Lillard came out, and I think you're going to see a lot of players do some version of this, which is, look, if, if there's not a chance for us to make the playoffs and you expect us to show up, I'll show up, yeah. but I'm not going to yeah. play. <laughs> I agree. I, I think I think the model the NHL put out is what the NBA is going to end up doing. The idea behind bringing all thirty teams and just playing out regular season games for the for the heck of it doesn't make sense, you know, um, because it's it's such a or uh, it's different than obviously just playing out your regular schedule like you would have. So you know, the idea I've heard this morning and last night, this is the latest you know idea of the of the month, um, is you know twenty teams. 
they take the top eight from each conference, and then I guess because the West had you know a closer race, the nine through twelve in the West reseed them and do like a you know twenty team kind of like what the NHL is doing, which makes sense. So everybody's got a shot. You're not just playing out the string. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I just like to see that you know put into place. Let's just say okay, this is what we're doing. The the back and forth is is tiresome, but we'll see. And then we get the drama of Major League Baseball, and they're fighting about money. Yeah, well, I'm unpopular opinion that I've noticed on Twitter when people announce that unpopular opinion that they're siding with the players. <laughs> it seems like a lot of people are side, like I side with the players. And, oh, you know, and and, and and I think you're right in that it's because it's like the overrated underrated guy. So many people are saying, well, nobody is siding with the players, but I am to the point where it's like, yeah, most people are siding with the players. Yeah. And my my view on it is pretty simple, pretty straightforward. Major League Baseball in March went to the players and made them a deal. Yeah. The players said, okay, we will accept yeah. this deal. We will take a prorated salary for whatever games we get and a guaranteed 3% or whatever it was of our yeah. salaries if no games are played. Right. And everyone signed off on that deal. And now Major League Baseball owners are saying, well, wait a second, now we're going to lose money? Right. Uh, no, I agree with you. Well, it's I, not. I, it's not Trevor Bauer's fault that you made a bad deal. It's not Mike Trout's fault. Right. I, you know, I right. saw this new idea. We're going to have the highest paid guys take less money. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Good. Good luck with getting the union to sign off on that. The only thing the players' union has yet always cared about is making sure the highest paid guys keep getting paid yes. more. <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, somebody made a great point. I can't remember who it was. I heard somebody on TV say, you know, this is an attempt to try to get the rank and file guys to say, okay, we'll take it. But the problem is the rank and file guys all think that eventually one day they'll be the Mike Trouts or the Max Scherzers or the guy, you know, that that's what everybody wants is they're going to be the guys making the most money. So they don't want to say, you know, eh, guys making the most money, tough luck. Well, uh, that's the other you know, thing like, how, you know, look, I... <laughs> There, there's a cleverness that I enjoy about the owner's position in yeah. negotiating where they're like, where they tried to backdoor in a salary cap and they said, well, yes. we'll just cap it at revenue. We'll split the revenue with the players and that'll be how we do it. And it's like, yeah. well, the baseball union has spent decades avoiding right. a salary cap. You think that right. they're dumb? They're just going right. to all of a sudden say, oh, oh, I'm sorry. Yes, we'll take a salary cap. No, of course not. Because no, as agree. soon as they say I yes agree. to it for this season, then you say, well, you agreed to a salary cap in this season. Why don't we have a salary cap? True, true. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I mean, uh, um, uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. But I but I, I do agree in a way that I, I, I see the player perspective. I absolutely do. I also, however, think Tom Glavin is correct, and, and he knows, um, that if there's no season – because they're fighting over money, the long-term perception will still be greedy players. They just couldn't figure out a way because that's, that's what we are as sports fans. We, ne- you know, I mean, sports fans in general believe that players are lucky to be making the amount of money they're making to play a game for a living. And boy, you should figure it out. It doesn't mean we like the owners, but it's always negative on the players when there's no games played because of money just always is there's no exception to that yeah so while i see their point in the in the moment a year from now you know or six months from now if there's been no season i believe it will fall back on boy those players are just so greedy 
because that's how most fans feel anyway, even when there are games played. Most fans feel like, boy, these guys make a ridiculous amount of money to play a game. Boy, would I like their life. And in a way, I feel that way, too. I mean, I think we all have a little bit of that. Like, boy, would I love to play sports for a living and make hundreds of millions or tens of millions? Sure. Um, And so it always looks bad on the players when they can't figure out a way to have that happen. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, I got to be honest with you. I, I think that maybe we're getting smarter. And maybe it's changing. Maybe. Maybe. I, I mean, I, I think, I think quite honestly, I mean, I, I'm not, I'm going to pat us on the back here a little bit. I think you and I are reasonable sports fans. I think we've, you know, we've been that way for a while with how we follow sports. And I don't know that a lot of fans are reasonable. I think a lot of fans just do the knee jerk sort of like, you know, eh, there's no baseball. Well, those players are just greedy scumbags. They don't, they don't look deeper because they don't have to look deeper. If that's my thought, I could be wrong. Um, I think you and I, and not just you and I, I mean, I think there's a group of people out there who, who try to follow and try to read the news and try to see what's being said. But, th- but a lot of people don't, a lot of people just read the headline. Oh, there's no season. Those players, greedy scumbags, they can't agree to just take their millions of dollars and play baseball. I was looking for a, a professor Cox reference from you. I might be wrong, but I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, and, and in this case I might be. I mean, it's always bad to generalize. It is. It's always bad to say fans in general, because no one, you know, no one group has everybody feeling the exact same way. Uh, so th- there are fans, and I think you and me, and, you know, I mean, I, I could see it. When the NFL had their lockout, I saw the player perspective. I did. Uh, you know, but, but I think the general reaction when there's a work stoppage in sports is, geez, you guys should be happy for the money they give you. And if they give you 10% of it, that's still more than most of us make, which, by the way, is true. And so just take it and eat it, basically. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know. Because, you know, while I read, you know, well, boy, Mike Trout would only be making $8 million and he's scheduled to make 30-some. And that seems like, well, geez, that's crazy. It's still $8 million. And so a lot of people will see that and think, oh, I'd take $8 million right now, but I'm out of a job. Or something like that. You know, that's that's how people think. They don't think like, you know, well, that's not fair. They think that's not fair. You were going to make 30 in the first place. Yeah, I suppose. I Damn. I don't I don't like it. I I think that I don't like it either. I, 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 I don't. I come back to where I was. You may you owners made a deal that the Players Association. Accepted, I agree. And now you're trying to say we want to renegotiate the deal. No. I, I, I have, I have no problem with the Players Association saying, no, you asked us to make you a deal to protect in case there was no season at all. Right. And we did that. Right. You right. can't make us now play for something other than the deal we got. No, I, I'm with you. I agree with you. I, I'm, I'm more just, I guess, arguing the side of what I think perception will be. And you know from talking to me over the years that I'm not always, you know, I, I oftentimes... Uh, look at how things are perceived and think, how did we get there? Um, and this would be one that I, you know, I just think that's how it'll be perceived if there's no season. I still believe, and I will until it become, you know, until it's uh, that that they will figure this out because it's just too much to lose if they don't. Um, and, and so I still believe that I think, you know, we're in the mode right now of sort of, you know, 
like when we were in mid-July of 2011. It was like, oh, there's not going to be an NFL season. These two sides can't come together. And then by end of July, they came together and there was a season. I still think that'll happen. But I could be wrong. Yeah. The, uh, the impact this has had on sports and the players and, and how we view things, you know, it, it's crazy. It is. You know, the next TV deal is going to be insane. Like, let's just be realistic. The next TV yeah. deal is going to be insane. Because yeah. Oh, yeah. everyone realized, I mean, this blew giant holes in the programming of every yes. major TV <laughs> network on regular yeah. network TV. Yeah. Every cable sports network, obviously. Uh, and then your non-sports cable networks that have a sports feature, your TBSs right. and TNTs. Right. USA and stuff for the Olympics. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, I, I, I agree. I mean, that's that's why I've heard, you know, like the, the NBC group is really strongly encouraging the NHL to start in August because they have a huge block of programming that they don't know what to fill with because of the, the Olympics being postponed. So, yeah, they're, they're all for the NHL starting in August and September. Yeah. It's, uh, it's definitely going to be interesting. It is. It is. I mean, you know, hopefully, fingers crossed, we'll have a, a fall that we'll just we'll have so much sports to talk about. We won't even know what to talk about. We'll be leaving out big topics in these conversations. Yeah. That's kind of how it feels right now is that, you know, we're, we're lined up for, you know, uh, October where we might be having the NBA and the NHL finals and maybe the baseball World Series still in that normal time frame and then the football season and you know, the Masters in November, and, you know, it could be fun. We could have a lot going on. Yeah. Well, we'll talk about that. We'll try to find other stuff to fill in. I've been watching a lot of uh, documentaries on CrossFit on Netflix, so, okay. <laughs> I, I mean, I feel like that's my... Might have to do a solo podcast on that one, yeah. I mean, that yeah. just might be, you know, maybe we can get really into the dominance of this Matt Frazier guy. I don't yeah, know if he's still maybe. dominant, but the two I've watched, he's won both of them, so... <laughs> He, he at yeah, one time yeah. was very dominant. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, maybe we could just do like uh, like two separate recordings and then splice them together. <laughs> I'll talk about the Last Dance series that you haven't watched. Mm-hmm. You can talk about that. We'll just edit them together and see if we can make it make sense. Yeah. Well, we've already done an art piece where we put up silence. So why <laughs> we not? We did. We did. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That's our that's our new goal. Yeah. Just have a conversation where I'm saying things about a topic entirely different from you. Yes, exactly. See if anybody notices. Yeah, yeah. My mom might. She'd probably be the only one. Probably. Yeah, yeah. Until next time, he's Matt. I'm Benton. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast.